Welcome back to the Rights and Liberties Podcast. Today, we are talking about Federalist 7. We typically approach each of the Federalist papers by thinking first about three big ideas. So, here are three big ideas from Federalist 7. Big idea number one. Hamilton is curious about the question of what to do concerning America outside of the states. Big idea number two is Hamilton's focus on politics as a function of interest. Big idea number three is Hamilton's discussion of the debt. The first big idea concerns territory outside the American states. Hamilton was focused on interstate quarrels in general in this essay. Territorial disputes seemed to him a potential cause for disputes among the American states, just as they were for countries in other places. One element of this was the fact that some of what became the USA was not part of any particular colony, quoting Hamilton here, quote, At present, a large part of the vacant Western territory is, by session at least, if not by any anterior right, the common property of the Union. If that were at an end, the states which made the session on a principle of federal compromise would be apt, when the motive of the grant had ceased, to reclaim the lands as a reversion. The other states would no doubt insist on a proportion by right of representation. Their argument would be that a grant, once made, could not be revoked, and that the justice of participating in territory acquired or secured by the joint efforts of the Confederacy remained undiminished." What Hamilton knew, but didn't focus on here, was the extent to which this issue had been debated in the Constitutional Convention. The Constitution had, and has, an admissions clause that addresses the question of such territory. But without the Constitution, the disposition of the territory in question would become a point of dispute among the potentially independent states. Hamilton saw that each state might well want a share, but by what principle would the shares be distributed? Disputes over territory were not merely a hypothetical matter from Hamilton. He referred to disputes between Connecticut and Pennsylvania and between New York and Vermont. Furthermore, he pointed out that such disputes would tend to take on a large state versus small state dynamic, with small states looking with interest at the ability to assert themselves against larger states, quoting Hamilton on this, quote, These being small states saw with an unfriendly eye the perspective of our growing greatness. In a review of these transactions, we may trace some of the causes which would be likely to embroil the states with each other if it should be their unpropitious destiny to become disunited." End quote. Big idea number two. Now, big idea number two is in some ways um, almost obvious. Hamilton believed that politics is a function of real interests. He believed that this fact is not blameworthy and that it would be a mistake to believe or expect otherwise. The most important way that it is obvious is in the following quotation offered by Hamilton when listing the disadvantageous consequences of individual states pursuing different commercial policies as sovereign states would. Hamilton stated that under such conditions, quote, we should be ready to denominate injuries those things which were in reality the justifiable acts of independent sovereignties consulting a distinct interest, end quote. Lying behind this is a subtle point. 
it would not be beneficial to America as a whole for individual states to pursue individual policies, but they should not be blamed for observing what is in their actual here and now interest. The correct response to such a situation would not be to scold states that look out for themselves in this way. The correct response would be to avoid the political preconditions of such behavior. Such consulting a different interest would be a function of a particular mode of sovereignty. Change the sovereignty and both the actors and the interest in question would change too. Big idea number three concerns Hamilton's discussion of the debt. This could fairly be characterized as the flip side of his concern about land aggrandizement. Though debt is a burden rather than an asset, it is still the case that part of the problem was about apportioning the debt among the states if each were sovereign, just as part of the apparent problem early in the essay had concerned apportioning the land among the states if each state were sovereign. An added concern with the debt, as Hamilton saw it, was the possibility that some states might not pay their share, whether willfully or out of an actual inability to pay. I'm quoting Hamilton on this, quote, Delinquencies from whatever causes would be productive of complaints, recriminations, and quarrels. There is, perhaps, nothing more likely to disturb the tranquility of nations than their being bound to mutual contributions for any common object that does not yield an equal and coincident benefit. For it is an observation, as true as it is trite, that there is nothing men differ so readily about as the payment of money." End quote. Though Hamilton could not have known it at the time, he would later be Secretary of the Treasury in the Washington administration, and one of the important challenges he faced in that job concerned the disposition of the debt. So it is noteworthy to see him beginning to think through questions of this kind in Federalist 7. An ongoing point of interest in politics today, and presumably in the future, is the extent to which the USA should be involved in global affairs generally. By and large, the answer to this question for a century or more after Hamilton wrote was that the USA should avoid involvement in international politics. In different ways, Washington and Jefferson each famously made this point. This isn't the point on which Hamilton focuses here but it can fairly be seen as the ultimate justification. Why is disunion a bad thing? Needless to say, the Federalist Papers as a whole is somehow wrapped up with this question. But one might reasonably walk away from Federalist 7, concluding that disunion is a bad thing because the USA won't be able to escape the incursions of European politics unless it is actually united. Problems in domestic politics would yield problems in foreign relations. At the same time, recall that Hamilton believed that the conditions of sovereignty would shape conceptions of interest. Big idea number two. So it seems that union under the Constitution has consequences in two directions, outward to foreign policy and inward, so to speak, shaping how people constitute their conceptions of political or material interest. Thank you for listening to the Rights and Liberties podcast. Next time, we will discuss Federal Estate. For more about the Sunwater Institute, please visit our website at sunwater.org.